Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. Are you happy to be in the house of God? Yes. Are you happy to receive what God is about to release to us this morning? I loved this series, you know, I, I, I didn't enjoy any other series as much as I enjoyed teaching from this particular series because I, I knew that I was personally learning as well as much as I was teaching, I was learning too and uh, it was a while ago when, you know, I said I need to start teaching on grace because there's so much sermons and so many teachings out there about grace where, you know, sometimes we overdo grace and sometimes we overdo works and and there's no biblical balance and that's why we said hey let's study what grace is all about and my prayer is that through this series that your your life will be transformed that your your the way that you live for God the way you pursue holiness the way that you want to live righteous every one of those desires that you have in your heart uh, they will be met amen that god will take care of them amen we're going to go into the book of john chapter 3 and verse 1 the bible says there was a man named nicodemus a jewish some somebody read it out loud a jewish religious leader he was a pharisee now that's his introduction the fact that this guy is a religious leader he's not a he's not just a political or a normal leader who has influence is a religious leader which means he teaches that's simple right yeah. if he's a religious leader he is a practitioner and a, and a teacher and a proclaimer of religion right religion okay a religious teacher teacher now this is the problem with religion you know religion always looks for ways to you know reach God religious or religion always looks for doors to you know be you know opened and you know any work to be done anything to be accomplished so that we can ultimately receive God's love for us you know that's what humanity has been doing for ages for you know centuries that's what we've been doing that's why we've been inventing new religions we've been inventing new uh, technology we've been inve inve inventing new cults within the church as well just to you know find another means to reach God that's what religion does any any effort on man's side on man's uh, hand to reach God is called religion and this is a guy he says it says he was a religious leader and what was his question to Jesus the next verse and after dark one evening he came to speak with Jesus rabbi he said we all know that God has sent you to teach us your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you he he saw Jesus he heard everything that Jesus taught and preached but what appealed to him more was the miraculous signs because the teachings didn't align with what he believed and he taught so so what what did still make sense to him was the miracles what still did make sense was the you know the signs and the wonders you know this is how i know when somebody is you know on the same page as i am or not you know when they are moved 
by the the miraculous the supernatural more than god's word that has the power to create the supernatural i know that hey this guy is not necessarily walking on the same page as i am walking in i believe in the supernatural i believe that god heals i believe that god works i believe in it 100% but it's a person who doesn't have a revelation of the fact that god is word Jesus is the word of God. That's the kind of person who will be moved by the supernatural more than being moved by the word. And this guy was not really impressed by Jesus' teachings, but he was he was impressed by the the supernatural and he says, "Hey, okay, because of the supernatural, I need to listen to what you are teaching. I, I want you to give me an opinion on this." Verse 3 he says, "Then Jesus replied to him and said, "Hey, let me tell you the truth." unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of god unless you are born again now this guy is you know in the religious atmosphere okay he is saying okay you're giving me a condition to enter into the kingdom of god and the condition is that i should be born again now he is looking to get born again he is now working his religious mind is in put into action he's like now what can i do to be born again you know how can i be born again i was born you know let's say 30 40 years back i'm an old man now how can i be born again this is in his his mind is actually going in that direction look at the question he asked in verse 4 he said what do you mean he exclaimed how can an old man like me go back into the mother's womb and be born again he's saying hey this is this is not really practical what you're asking me to do this is not normal what you're asking me to do uh, you're saying that i should be born again then you know what are the steps that i need to take give me 10 steps that i need to take to be born again or give me the the route to go back into my mother's womb or do something uh, so that i can get what you have I can get what you're asking me to have and and Jesus said hey nothing that you do can get you to be born again there's no works that you can do there is no actions that you can do for you to be able to reach there nothing no amount of bible memorization no amount of church attendance no amount of giving money to church and you know you know burning candles in church and and chanting names and all those things none of that is going to get you salvation there's only one thing that we need to do to believe that that we need to do to be saved and that is to believe that's what jesus said jesus went on to explain jesus explained the difference between natural birth that's what this guy was talking about that's what this guy was thinking about the difference between natural birth and spiritual birth and jesus said hey the natural gives birth to the natural the spiritual gives birth to the spiritual and he goes on to explain and he says hey god so loved the world verse 16 read it out with me together okay for this is how god loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone come on read it loudly so that everyone everyone who come on loudly everyone who believes in him will not perish but have 
eternal life. Simple. What did God do? God said, hey, you cannot be born again by yourself. There's nothing that you can do to be saved. So this is what I will do from my side. I'm going to send my son. Who's that son? Come on, talk to me loudly. Jesus. Jesus. You believe that? Jesus is God's one and only son. And, and God said, hey, I'm going to send you Jesus. And what do you need to do to be saved? What do you need to do to be born again? What do you need to do to enter into the kingdom of God? All that you need to do is believe. Simple. Is that hard to believe? I'm telling you it is hard sometimes. It is hard. We can do everything but not believe. We can, we can, you know, do all the works because that's much easier. It's easier to, you know, say, okay, I'm going to do these, 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 these things and I hope that you will take me to heaven. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to be regular in church. I'm going to even volunteer in church, sing in the choir, do whatever it takes. And I'll ultimately hope that I'll, I'll make it to heaven. The Bible says, no, that's not what is required of you. What is required of you is to believe. Everybody say believe. And, and God said, the Bible says God sent his son, Jesus, so that anybody that believes in him will never perish. Never, ever perish. Because that's not God's plan for you and me. What is God's plan for you and me? Is for us to be saved. Verse 17, the Bible says God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him not to judge them not to destroy us not to put us down but to save us that is why Jesus came that is why we have church this morning to let people know that Jesus still saves Jesus died 2000 years back and the the fact that Jesus did not just die but he died and he rose again from the dead is the reason why salvation is still open for you and me you know see there are many religious teachers who have come and taught and said you have to do this you have to go there you have to be here all of that but there is only one Jesus who said hey you you cannot enter into God's kingdom by yourself all you have to do is just believe in me all you have to do is just trust in what I have done for you you cannot pay for your own sins. You cannot enter into God's kingdom by yourself. I can enter into God's kingdom and I can make a way for you to follow after me. And I have come not to hurt you, not to look down on you, not to condemn you, but to tell you that salvation is available. Heaven is available. A relationship with God is available. Now communion with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit is available. Now a relationship, because you have a relationship with God, a perfect, peaceful communion and relationship with the people around you is available because of that love that God has poured out to us through Jesus. Amen. All of this is available because of Jesus. And the Bible says, verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Come on now. Anybody in the house who believes in him? Let me tell you something. There is no judgment for you. There's no judgment against you. You will have your rewards. 
you will when you go to heaven according to your works according to what you have done here on the earth you will be rewarded you will be awarded you will get a a, a blessing according to your life here on earth but there is no judgment for you there is no condemnation for you nobody is going to put you into hell the bible says but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in god's one and only son you know we are not inviting you into a relationship with the church i'm not asking you to believe in me i'm not asking you to believe me i'm not asking you to believe in our church organization or institution you will not be judged if you don't believe in what we do here in our church you will not be judged if you question what we do here you will not be judged if you you know look down on mere people like you and me but if you refuse to trust in jesus and you will not be saved you don't have to trust in anybody else you need to trust in god's one and only son jesus and when you trust in him the bible says you will be saved there is a assurance of the fact that you will be saved which means i don't have to do anything to enter into god's kingdom he has done it done it all all that i do is i believe in what he has already done till the time i don't believe it i will not receive it jesus died in fact for the whole world like there are 7 billion people on the planet right now but not all 7 billion will make it to heaven it's only the ones that believes come on loudly believe. believe in him that's all that it takes that my friends is god's grace towards us the bible says in ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 read it loudly god saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from god all that you did was just believe and when you believed his grace got you saved and it's a gift from god not a not a reward see a, a, a reward is for the things that you have done right but a gift is undeserved come on when your kids do something good you don't give them a gift you give them a a reward on their birthdays you don't give them a reward you give them a a gift why because hey you do i don't give you a gift because you've been good i give you a gift because i love you and that's what the bible says god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that anybody that would connect to him through that faith through that belief they will experience the gift of salvation that is how we are saved we are saved by grace amen now that's the first step that's the first step verse 9 it says salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done so that none of us can boast about it right we can never go to heaven and say hey this is why i made it here man this is how i made it here we will not be sharing our testimonies in heaven because none of us deserve to be there i mean come on you know so many times when i give um, open up the time for testimonies of people getting saved i've heard people come and say oh i i fasted so many times i prayed so many times and i said hey that all of that is good but that is not how you got saved you got saved free of cost you didn't pay any 
price to get saved. But after you get saved, you must have done a lot of things because you got saved. But that is not how you got saved. You entered in free of cost. You did not pay a price. He paid the price. He paid it all. He paid it all. All that you and I need to do today is say, God, I know that my relationship with you is not a reward, but it is a gift. So give me the grace to to enjoy it. Give me the grace to not devalue it. Give me the grace to not try and buy it out with money. Give me the grace to not try and buy it out with, you know, nice language and songs. I can't do that. Salvation. I can't buy salvation with my works. Amen. Next verse it says, now this is the next step. Are you ready for this? Now we are, come on, read it with me. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, come on, so, somebody says so. so. We can do the good things that He has planned for us long ago. In other words, what Paul is saying is, hey, to get saved, you have to do nothing. But the reason you are saved is to do something. See, this is where we get confused. Because we are like, okay, salvation is not by works. So I don't have to do any work. I'll be a lazy man. I'll just believe in Jesus. Keep my leg on another leg and sit at home, chill till I reach heaven. Right? See, this is what many people teach. They say that, hey, you're saved by grace. You don't have to worry. Just chill. Take it easy. You will be in heaven. That's not how it works, guys. The Bible says, but we are now God's masterpiece and what did God do when you believed in him he created you afresh man check that out he created you anew you are a new creation now man I I don't know if you get what I'm saying the same you know power that went into making Genesis 1 happen went into making your salvation happen God spoke a word God released the spirit and, and the word and the spirit worked hand in hand and you've been created anew, afresh. Now you are a brand new person. The moment you receive Jesus into your heart. But why did you receive Jesus into your heart? The Bible says, so, come somebody says, so, so. we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, now, We are not doing so that we can get saved. We are doing this because we got saved. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? There's a big difference between both of of this. That's why Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Read it with me. One, two, three, go. Work. Come on, loudly. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear he did not say work hard so that you can be saved no the other translation says work out your salvation with trembling and fear it doesn't say work out so that you can be saved no because you are already saved by grace now you need to work hard day and night you need to work hard to show the results of your salvation How can people see and know that you are saved? By your church attendance? No, by your fruits. That's what Jesus said. 
And fruits take a long time to bear. It's not like gifts. You know, if you, if you want a gift of prophecy, all you need to do is go to a prophet, get the prophet to lay hands on you. You know, you sow into the ministry. Man, I'm telling you that prophetic anointing will begin to function on your life. But you want love, that doesn't work like that. You can't go to Heidi Baker and say, man, you're a woman of love. Just lay hands on me so I can begin to love like you. No, it's hard work. It gets tested with people that don't like you, people that hurt you, people that are going to talk against you. And you have to learn to love. And that is where the fruit will be developed. Gifts are not developed like that. Fruits are developed one day at a time. That's why the Bible says, work hard. Somebody say, work hard. Come on, loudly say, work hard. See, getting into the kingdom of God is technically mercy because God had mercy on you. God said, hey, I'm going to forget everything that you did till today. I'm going to forget your sins. I'm going to forget your history. Everything It's wiped out. Now you're a clean person. You're a new creation, a brand new. You're created anew in Christ Jesus. You're my workmanship. That's what Jesus said, right? That's what Paul said, right? But now that you are saved, he will give you grace. For what? To work hard. To, 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 to work out your salvation. To work hard. To show the results of your salvation. He will give you grace for that. Now how many of you know that you know, as much as we are going to work, He is going to work in us. That's why we come to the foundational verse, verse 13. This was the verse we've been reading throughout the series. But that was the verse before that. The verse before that says, you first work hard. Why should you work hard? Because God is also working in you. What is He doing in you? He's giving you the desire and He's giving you the power to do what pleases Him. That is grace. That is grace. Grace is not God saying you can escape all the rules and regulations. Grace is God saying, I'm going to give you the ability to keep the rules and the regulations. Grace is not God saying, hey, you can just live however you want. No, grace is God saying, I'll tell you how you should live and I will give you the ability and I will give you the passion and I will give you the desire and you will wake up in the morning desiring this you will go to bed in the night desiring this you will go to the office desiring this you will come out of your home desiring this every day there will be an increasing desire in your heart that is grace working in your heart and in my heart what should we do? we should partner with that grace and we should work hard Day and night, we should work hard to show the results of our salvation. To, to show that, hey, I, 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 am, I truly mean business. I'm in this for the long haul. I really want to show the results of my salvation. It's very easy to just raise your hands and say, I, I receive Jesus. But it's, it's hard work after that. But you, the good news is that God is going to partner with you. God is going to work in you more than you're going to work on yourself. The Bible says when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. When you take one step towards him, he takes a hundred other steps closer to you. It's not possible that, that you will do something and God will not respond with his grace and with his power. When you take one baby step, man, he responds with all heavens opening up above you. Amen? And that's verse, it says in, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 that 
we all get tempted the temptations in your life are not different from what others experience and God is faithful he will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand when you are tempted he will show you a way out so that you can endure how many of you don't have temptations just wave your hands to me I'd like to be friends with you I'm just kidding we all have temptations right right from the babies that are almost a year old to the eldest ones everybody has their own levels of temptations your temptation may not be my temptation my temptation may not be that baby's temptation everybody has unique temptations but the Bible says when you go through temptation you should remember these things that that there are other people also who go through the same challenges and trials and problems that you go through you're not the only person who gets rejected you're not the only person who gets tempted you're not the only person who has financial crisis you're not the only person who has problems with you know at your workplace everybody has challenges but everybody say but the Bible says because God is faithful because he is working in me because I am partnering with him the Bible says he will not allow me to be tempted or he will not allow me to be tested or he will not allow me to go through a challenge that is beyond my capacity which means there is a capacity inside of us the day we got saved see it's not there before but after we got saved there is a power that is working in us right come on we read that yeah Philippians 2 13 God is working in us giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him so there is a power there is a grace that is working in us so when I'm tempted that grace knows the boundary grace draws a boundary and say hey hey I cannot let Priji go beyond this beyond this he cannot he cannot stand the temptation so whenever you get tempted you have to rise up and say hey wait I have the grace for this if it has come to your doorstep then that means you are anointed to overcome that temptation if you are struggling with any challenge let me tell you that you have the strength to overcome that challenge you have the power you have the desire you have the ability to to conquer the demon you don't need no anybody's help you have the grace to overcome it do you understand what I'm saying because the Bible says whenever you go through it he will show you a way out he will show you a way out he will show you a way out this is his promise to us uh, he will show you a way out his grace will show us a way out his grace will first mark a boundary and second his grace will show a way out what are you faced with this week what are you faced last week I want you to ask the Lord Lord did you show me a way out if yes if yes show me what was that way that you showed me did I ignore the grace that you gave me in that season did I ignore that word that was released did I just take it for granted and say okay I'll just you know just go as it is I'll, I'll you know did I ignore that way that God made because see so, so many times I've, I've when I'm counseling people and and people come and they say hey I, I don't see any way out and I'm like wait a minute it, that's not what God's word says see if you if you put God's word and your word on a truth scale who will who will win 
God's word is truer than your experience. Come on church. This is the test of time. 2000 years it's been true. More than 2000 years in fact. But for 2000 years people have been reading and proclaiming and teaching and living by this word. And it's been true. Are you telling me that there's no way out? It's not possible. When God allows a situation in your life, He has made a way for you to overcome that situation. If God has put you into a marriage, then He has given you the grace to remain peaceful and in unity in, 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 in growing in that marriage. If God has blessed you with a child, then He has given you the grace to feed them. He has given you the anointing to teach them. He has given you the, the, the wisdom to raise them up in godly ways. If God has given you a job, then He has given you the grace to be productive at that job, to be fruitful at that job, to be the best at what you're doing. He has given you the grace. There's no way you can come and tell me, I don't have the grace for this. If God has given it to you, then you have the grace to do that. He has made a way. Somebody say, He has made a way. The Bible says in Romans 8:20 says that the Holy Spirit, come on, somebody say, and the Holy Spirit. He helps us in our weaknesses. How many of you know that you have a Holy Spirit inside of you? He is called the helper. He's not just called, you know, to be, you know, to just give you goosebumps. Because that's the only thing that we think Holy Spirit does. No, the Holy Spirit is, just, is given to you to help you. When? In your weaknesses. In your temptations. In your struggles. In other words, the person of the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God's grace in your life right now. Because who is the one that is working in you, giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases Him? It is the Holy Spirit. He is the one helping you. He is the one enabling you. He is the one anointing you. He is the one filling you every day. Come on now. If you are called to do something, He is the one who helps you to attain, to reach your goal. If you try in your own strength, in your own ability, you will not make it. That's why God said, hey, you, I know you can't make it, but I, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in you. Is it going to be hard work to partner with the Holy Spirit? Yes, it is. It is going to be hard work because the Holy Spirit will tell you, shut up. At that time, everything in you wants to respond. Everything in you wants to prove that you're right. Everything in you wants to tell that guy that he should not have parked his car over there. But the Holy Spirit says, and it's hard work to partner with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because yourself will have to die. Because there is only one person who can, you know, win inside. Either you or the Holy Spirit. The more the Holy Spirit wins, the more you lose. The more you're saying, okay, I'll die. Your hard work in is your willingness to just die to yourself and surrender on every day, withholding nothing. Every single aspect of your life and just say, God, I surrender this. This is my weakness. I know you have made a way and I know you have given me the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to surrender this weakness into your hand. Amen. Give me the next verse. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. And then we have a high priest. What is the name of this high priest? Come on. You know what's the best thing about Jesus? I love, 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 love this verse. The best thing about Jesus Christ. The Bible says, The high priest of ours, Jesus Christ, He understands our weaknesses. Why? 
for he faced all the same testings as we do and yet he did not sin man that is good not only do i have the way out not only do i have the help of the holy spirit i have the example of jesus i have the way that is made before me a jesus who was tempted in every area that you and i are tempted today every challenge that we can possibly think of every disease that we can even possibly try to invent in our day and time he carried it all he he overcome them all that's what the bible says there's nothing that jesus didn't go through you know i i i i've had people say i think the only one thing that jesus didn't understand is marriage marriage is hard bro Do you know that that you know God said this in in I think it's in the book of Ezekiel God said hey I loved you and I cared for you and you betrayed me God is talking a lover's language and God says hey this Israel that I loved this Judah that I loved she is being a prostitute I I wanted her as my wife I am her husband but she betrayed me God feels God knows what it feels like to be a husband God knows what it feels like to be betrayed god knows what it feels like to be misunderstood god knows what it feels like to not be listened to god knows everything there's nothing that you and i go through that jesus cannot understand the bible says he's been through all of that and yet he did not sin so we have a way out you have the presence of the holy spirit and now we have a a perfect role model that is jesus who walked before us who did everything that we did who 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 go who went through everything that we go through and yet the bible says and yet he did not sin man i love this jesus are you ready come on let's go into the next scripture we're going to read about 10 scriptures from first corinth second corinthians chapter 12 this is paul's uh, story the bible talks about paul sharing his experience uh, uh, about his encounters with god and he says hey this boasting he's about he's in this place where he's talking about all the good things in his life and all the god encounters that he has had and he says this boasting it's not going to do me any good but i must go on then he can you imagine paul saying that i know that this boasting is not going to help but still for your sake i have to boast a little bit thank god that he did that we got some you know beautiful lessons in this chapter Yes, I will reluctantly tell about the visions and the revelations from the Lord. This is a man who had crazy encounters with God. Okay, visions and revelations. We'll read about that. It says, "I was caught up to the third heaven once a time, once upon a time, 14 years back." He's saying, "I was caught up into the third heaven, whether I was in the body or out of the body." I don't know. He he's like, man, I know for a fact that this happened. I don't know the route I took. I don't know where I was. I don't know details. Don't ask me for details, but this happened to me. I went to the Come on. To the third heaven. Can you imagine the access this guy has? Can you can you imagine the open doors he has in front of him? Amen. Now you and I would imagine, man, this guy if he has to reach 
the third heaven this guy had to be a perfect guy there's no weakness this guy has there's no problems this guy faces there's no struggle that this guy will ever face man he has been to heaven and back will he ever fight with anybody again in his life guess what he did will he ever have problems yes he did will he ever have problems in his ministry guess what he did will he ever have lack in finances guess what he did he had struggles we think that if only i can go to heaven and come back all my problems will be solved no but let me explain what he's trying to say he's saying i was caught up to the third heaven 14 years back whether in the body or out of the body i don't know only god knows verse 3 says yes only god knows whether i was in the body or outside my body but i do know that i was caught up to the paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words things that no human is allowed to tell wait a minute that's crazy he's saying they are so glorious these things that i witnessed i cannot talk about them in english or i cannot talk about them in greek or aramic whatever language you use to write this these these are words that i cannot explain to you in normal language like it will be an insult to talk about whatever i saw in english or in our language that's what paul is saying it, no human beings can talk about it that's so astounding these things that i experienced that i saw amen verse 5 that experience is worth boasting about is it not will we not talk about this in all of our testimonies anywhere we get invited 14 years back i don't know the route i took but i did go and i saw this we'll write a book about it and we'll we'll we, we'll get we'll have one hit youtube video talking about our he's saying the experience is worth boasting about but i'm not going to do it why i will boast i will boast that doesn't make sense paul when you're invited to a a conference what do you begin with all the good things that's happening in your life or all the bad things that's happening in your life <laughs> see when you okay i'll talk your language i'm talking my language let me talk your language when you have a job interview what do you go and tell them i have a temper tantrum every 3 days i break something or the other once in a while i you know lose my cool and i do something crazy you know once in a while i'll i'll write something nasty on your facebook these are all my you know traits that you should be careful you never put the you know wrong foot forward you know you want to impress the person you want to tell the person all the good things about you right but paul says hey if i want to impress you i will talk to you about my visions and encounters what i'm going to talk to you about my weaknesses i'm going to boast about my struggles my temptations my lack my 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 those areas of my life that are not perfect i'm going to boast about those areas of my life why if i wanted to boast i would be no fool in doing so because i would be telling the truth if i had to boast i'd not be a fool i i'm i'm not lying i i i have all the rights to boast about verse 7 he says but i won't do it because 
I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. Verse 7, he says, So to keep me from becoming proud, <laughs> read this with me, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. How many of you want to go to heaven? Like the, the kind of heaven that Paul talks about, third heaven. Are you willing to take this thorn? Come on, I'm just being real with you, okay? He was a man who had crazy visions and revelations. But God said, hey, but the kind of visions and revelations that have been given to you, it's very easy for you to become proud. It's very easy for you to lose your focus. It's very easy for you to start worshipping your revelations than to worship me. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to allow... See, God is not the one giving you the thorn. Who is, whose thorn is this? It's not God's thorn. God doesn't manufacture thorns in heaven for your information. But God said, I'm going to allow one thorn in your flesh. We don't know. You know, we've all made our assumptions what that is, could be. We don't know what that was for Paul. But you know that if each and every one of us, we have our struggles, right? We have our battles to face, right? And the Bible says, it says, this was given to me so that I will not be proud. But I'll not be like, you know, those guys that say, I have all my answers in place. I have it all figured out. I'm the best. I'm the, you know, smartest. I am the most anointed. I know everything. You go to any ministry, you go to any place, they will have something or the other, some battle that they are facing, some thorn in the flesh that they have a struggle with. This is God's grace. It's not, it's not God saying, man, you know, you, you know, you, I, I don't trust you, but God, that's God saying, hey, you know what? I love this in your life to, to make sure that you continue to receive more revelations and visions. Because the day that you get proud, I will have to start fighting you. The day that you get proud, you will stop depending on me. The day that you think that you have it all figured out, you will stop praying. You will stop coming to me. So let some things be in your life. I will so let some prayers be unanswered in your life. Ouch. We all want to go to the third heaven. We don't want to take this stone. But this is what the Bible says. Now, could it be that a man who went to the third heaven, could it be that this man can pray and God not answer that prayer? Come on. Talk to me. Is it, it this guy is so anointed that his shadows are enough to raise the dead. Can he open his mouth and say something and God would say, no, not interested. The Bible says three times, three times, not I prayed, I begged. I pleaded the other version says, I begged with the Lord to take it away, take what away, to take that thorn in my flesh away. Three times I begged, I prayed, I, I pleaded with God saying, God, I don't need this, I, I, I don't want this God, take this out of my life. I, I like the visions and the revelations, I like the glory and the fire, I like the anointing and the breakthroughs, but I don't like the pain and the struggle that I have to go through to, to manifest that anointing. I don't like the 
the discouragement i don't like the anxiety i don't like this sickness i don't like this money problem i don't like this coming again and again and again into my life the bible says god replied to him sir each time god replied and said hey guess what my grace come on loudly my grace is all you need another version says my grace is enough for you my grace is sufficient for you my grace is sufficient in other words this thorn in the flesh that you have this weakness this temptation this struggle this lack this brokenness whatever you have in your body in your heart in your relationship whichever area of your life god says hey you know what my grace is sufficient for that weakness that you're facing right now my grace is sufficient my grace is sufficient sometimes the way that god gives answers to our prayers is different from how we expect it to be we expect an immediate overnight boom answer but sometimes god says no i'm going to i have already given you the grace to go through this the day that you said yes to this man and you got married to him i've given you the grace my grace is enough for you my grace is sufficient for you to go through this the day that you your visa was stamped and you arrived in india you got the you got the anointing to sustain here you got the anointing you got the grace to 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 live with all the struggles all the thorn and the flesh that that has been battling you since then the lord says don't worry friend i've got it covered it's not by your strength it's my grace that is working in you it's giving you the desire it's giving you the power and he says and this is what god said my grace is all you need my power somebody say my power let's say it like this god's power works best in our weaknesses man do you want god's power to work in your life do you want God to work in your life? Come on, church. Do you want to go to third heavens? <laughs> Do you want visions and revelations? Do you want this breakthrough anointing? Because if you want this, then you have to be willing to be weak at certain points. You have to be willing. You have to let the Lord break your dependence on yourself. Jacob, Jacob, he was wrestling with God. God said, hey, you want to wrestle with me? You want to be blessed? I will tell you how to be blessed. Let me first dislocate your hip. Then you can be blessed. Then I will change your name to Israel. You know, when you dislocate your hip, it's not a very pleasant feeling. You're dependent on, on the person who is closest to you. It says he, for the rest of his life, he used a stick. Jo, Jacob, the Bible says he used a stick. But that was the price that he had to pay to be called an Israel. God says, my power works best in weaknesses. Come on now. Tell me how many of you have weaknesses? How many of you have battles? How many of you have struggles? How many of you have pains? How many of you have problems? I'm telling you, you are a perfect candidate for God's grace to come and take over and, and just, just do what he wants to do in your life. Just come and say, I am going to do what is naturally not possible for you. Naturally unthinkable for you. Naturally impossible for you to do. We think that when God said he will give me the power and the ability that God will take away all the thorns. No. Sometimes you have to sit on the thorn. Every time you sit and, and 
manifest the authority that God has given you while you're seated there. It says, so now, Paul says, so now, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ can work through me. So now when I come to a conference, I'm not going to talk about my visions and revelations. I'm going to talk about my temptations and my struggles and my, and my problems and my, you know, all the things in my life that is not working out right. And you would actually see him doing that in the Bible. He says, one point he says, I'm the least of all the apostles. Another time he says, I'm the least of all the believers. Another time he says, I'm the worst of all sinners. I'm like, Paul, come on. You are not the worst of all sinners. But Paul says, no, no, no. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. I'm going to boast about my brokenness. Because I know that when I'm broken, His power works best. His grace works best. Because God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. When we are humble before Him saying, God, I don't have what it takes. I, I, I don't got it. I don't got it. I don't have it figured out. This is me. This is the real me. Several times when I, uh, you, you may not know this, but several times when I come up here to preach and I'm coming with a bleeding heart, you know, I'm coming with a broken heart and I say, God, today I really wish this morning you had, I had a guest speaker. But I, I really wish I could tell somebody, some of my pastors and tell them, hey, this morning you need to preach. I can't preach today. And God would say, hey, no, you wait and watch. This is going to be the best morning. Because when you're broken, when you're weak is when my power can flow the best. That's how God works. When I have prayed and I'm anointed and all, I'm trying to rely on, on my own self. When I'm the weakest. So that's why sometimes when God breaks me, especially on a weekend, I'm like, I know something good is coming. Because oil does not come except when you crush the flower. The, the fragrance doesn't come except when you crush the flower. The verse 10, it says, that's why now I take pleasure in my weaknesses. Come on, read it with me. I now take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For, come on, read it loudly. For, no, 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 no. For when I am, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, loudly. One, two, three, go. For when I am weak, then I am strong. But because of the grace of God, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am broken, then I am strong. When I am at my lowest, that is when I am at my highest. When I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for this season. His grace is sufficient for my relationships. His grace is sufficient for my bank balance. His grace is sufficient to overcome all my temptations. His grace is sufficient in every area of my life. His grace is enough. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 22. The Bible says, there are some parts of the body that seem the weakest, the parts that can be avoided. Why did God put that in the first place types, right? And God says, but, at, and, and, but these are the most necessary parts of your body, the parts that you can't skip. The Bible says, these 
may look the weakest may feel the weakest but they are very essential those struggles in your life that you think that i wish this one thing was not there in my life everything else is perfect but if only this one thing was not there but god says no 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 as very necessary because if that one thing was not there you would not qualify to be selected because <laughs> when god is looking at people god is not looking at okay oh wow she can really sing man i have to i have to get this girl in she can manage money really well i have to put her in the church admin no no that's not what god looks at i was looking at man she has no clue how to manage finances this is a perfect candidate for the treasurer in the church this guy he steals money judas right that's it this is the guy i'm going to entrust the treasure treasury to i'll let him handle the money god looks for the weakest the most broken in the crowd and god says okay that's the one that i want that's the one that i'm going to anoint first corinthians chapter 2 remember dear brothers and sisters that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when god called you paul is writing to the church at corinth and saying hey when god called you first very few of you were actually wise you have no knowledge about the world you are not powerful you are not even wealthy which means you didn't have money you you are not powerful you didn't have any influence you and and plus you 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 hardly finished school you're not wise in the world's eyes okay verse 27 he says instead god chose things in the world that the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise in other words when you think that i'm foolish i don't have all the right language to speak i don't have the best vocabulary i don't god says no 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 good because my power works best in your weakness that says hey god chose the foolish things in order to put shape to shame those who think that they are wise and the bible says he chose things that are powerless that are powerless that are weak to shame those who are powerful see a goliath can always beat another giant or let's say a, a soul a, a warrior can always kill probably kill a goliath but when david kills a goliath david does not get the glory the glory goes to the guy who chose david the glory goes to the guy who anointed david the glory goes to the power that is working inside of him because we all know that david does not deserve to come out of this battle in one piece the bible says that's how god selects things my heart my I, my selection if you ask me how to select i will select a guy who has no influence at all who is who doesn't even know how to spell twitter who doesn't even know how to speak english and i will use him to show off my glory in the nations of the earth i'm going to use broken vessels god says i'm going to use foolish vessels so this morning somebody has to believe this that his grace is sufficient for me his grace is sufficient for me the next verse it says god chose things that is despised by the world things that is counted as nothing at all and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important 
There are things that the world considers important. There are things that the world considers wise, wisdom. There are things that the world considers is, man, this guy has money. This guy can speak. This guy can, you know, really move things. God says, I don't want those guys. I want guys who are willing to sacrifice. In fact, Apostle Paul, he said, I have a lot of knowledge, but I'm going to lay it all down. I'm going to count it all as garbage. Why? So that I can know Jesus. You know, Apostle Paul was so learned in the Hebrew and the Old Testament and everything. God should have used him among the Jews. But God said, hey, you know, you're too fitting here. I'll send you to the Gentiles who have no idea about the Torah. <laughs> Come on, God has a sense of humor, right? You know, if, if God wants to use me, he should be using me among people that understand my heart and my language and, you know, my way. God says, no, 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 that's too easy. You will get the glory. You will get the credit for this. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles who have no idea about Torah, who have no idea about Hebrew. And you will have to prove to them in their language. And that's when you will know it is my power that is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Come on, lift up your hands to Him. We hope you are refreshed and strengthened by the Word of God. If you want to know more about God or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share, do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com. Be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Center on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m.